0: And now, it's time to sit back and enjoy The Two True Freaks Internet Radio Broadcast. As long as they keep making animated stars, Wars, hope Malnax and Chris Honeywell will be on the case. Welcome to J-Guys and Jedi, a project that began with Clone Wars and now may never end.
1: Hi, everyone. Welcome to a brand new episode of J-Guys and Jedi, a weekly podcast talking about something Star Wars. My name's Hope. I'm here with Chris. How you doing, Chris?
2: Mellow. I'm pretty mellow, Hope. That's Good. That's why, that's why I'm playing the swanky, like, easy-listening music. That's all you get this week, folks. Easy-listening music, because Hope and I are take, taking it easy. Man, Andor is a brain... It's a brain-melter.
1: Yeah. It's a lot of work. It, it, is, it is so much work, and, like... And that's kind of the thing, like... My, my week... Um, okay... So me and my stepmom have a system worked out. Because my stepmom wakes up early anyway, she's just like, yeah, I'll feed the cats at 6 a.m. That's fine. And I feed them at night. That's the system. I take care of their night stuff. She does their morning stuff. Cats. But my stepmom's been away for 11 days. So for a week and a half, I've been waking up way too early and not getting enough sleep. And I leave in two days for 221 beacon. So you've either just... You're either going to hear some panels in a few weeks, or you've heard them already. I don't fucking know where this episode's going to fall. Anyway, and it was celebration over the weekend. So I worked all weekend, and I got about halfway through the opening scene of The Axe Forgets making a new podcast outline. And I got about halfway through Cyril Karn's Cocoa Puffs, and I was like... I can't fucking do this. I'm out of, <laughs> of mental spoons. I have no more mental spoons anymore for this. So I was like, Chris, let's talk about celebration. Fuck it.
2: Yeah that's cool so basically we're just gonna i'll be talking about a bunch of youtube videos i watched today
1: <laughs> I, I still so haven't even seen all the bootleg that? stuff i i haven't seen all the bootleg stuff i haven't, I haven't seen, seen it for acolyder skeleton crew so i don't even have like articles and links pulled up because <laughs> that's that's how much of a fuck it attitude i am we'll right find, now
2: <laughs> we'll find plenty to talk about from just what what's ambiently bopping around from it yeah i i i guess i probably wasn't early enough to catch like this the the bootleg stuff before it got pulled off and i didn't really care to go searching into other non-youtube venues and places to see what i could find because it's gonna be on there any day now anyway or you know or any time now so i'll see it if or i won't it doesn't matter i'll see the i'll see the shows or the movies whatever they are so i'm gonna see the stuff no matter what
1: yeah the only bootleg that I actually went out of my way to watch was the Bad Batch teaser Um, did you see that one no all you need to know is the Bad Batch teaser opens with palpy
2: oh excellent but yeah, he's already he's already been in the you know he's already been in the Bad Batch so like but yeah, but it's him that's...
1: like arriving at like Mount Tantus, and he's just like himlock this cloning facility is very important to me and here's my red guards and blah, 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 blah. you know as as he does as he do <laughs> as he do so yeah and then the rest of the the I I couldn't really see much of the bootleg trailer because I was like. You know, a quarter of a screen between two heads, but I'm excited. (laughs) So That's
2: amazing that they have it just after the end of the first season, too. Or the second season, you know.
1: Now, from what I've been hearing from people who were actually there, there does seem to be some sort of time skip because Omega has a new character model.
2: Okay, so it's like Ezra in, in Rebels.
1: Yeah, so there will be a time skip, and and that's kind of, like, what I'm going off of for most of this, is, like, outside of, like, Visions and Indiana Jones and the Ahsoka trailer, everything else is just, like, what people said in the room, and that's fine. So, yeah, and we might not even talk about everything on this list. It is a fuck it kind of night on this podcast, so I will say, if you want, um, oh, I should do some, ho- I don't know... <laughs> Wow, my brain just went 12 different directions. <laughs> did you hear it?
2: I did hear that. It just sort of fractured and just, like, spun off.
1: It was just, like, weaving through traffic on an interstate. This is why we're not doing Andor tonight, guys.
2: <laughs> like, when you drop a piece of water on a hot skillet and it just breaks into four pieces and just go...
1: Yeah. Oh, boy. Um, What I was going to say is um, a little housekeeping... I don't know where this will fall in. I don't know how soon you're going to put this in or out in the episode order, Chris. It uh, is
2: episode 366.
1: So this will be the follow-up episode of uh, yes. what we did last week? Okay. Yes. Um, In that case then i just want to let you guys know that we have heard your feedback and we agree and so we are going to go back to the three act structure so thank you for coming on our experiment with us but let me just say
2: something about the feedback we got that's the kind of feedback i love like it was thought (laughs) out you know that instead of saying thumbs up thumbs down it was thumbs up thumbs down and here's why and uh well although theoretically thumbs up uh (laughs) <laughs> we didn't get any thumbs up.
1: <laughs> yeah, like pretty much everybody was like, "No, we don't like the three X structure." And like honestly, like.
2: But they said can't... why and gave and gave very good structural reasons for it that made a lot that that like I read it and were like, "Yeah, yeah you really can't argue with that too much." Like yeah. I pretty much agreed with it. <laughs> I,
1: I, I, I was sort of feeling that too because I was like, on. Un- on one hand I get why we're doing this but on the other hand I I'm not feeling it because Well
2: hey I you think, know you had an idea and you tried it
1: <laughs> Yeah well it's just andor is such a weird show it's not like other
2: ones and where everybody became part of the experiment the failed mm-hmm. experiment so we just put it in we put it in a smoke tube and and let it let it let it mellow for a while <laughs> Yeah yeah <laughs> let it just like mush down towards the bottom
1: and you know what then we're gonna put the tender heart in a blender and watch it spin around to a beautiful oblivion
2: okay I'm, i'm there for it
1: it's fine what is the name of that song
2: i have no idea what what song i just figured you were quoting some some of that that young person yeah yeah music
1: yeah Hard a tender, put in a blender, or watch it spin around to a beautiful oblivion. Rendezvous, then I'm through with you. That's up.
2: Oh, yeah. I know the song is you're talking about now, but I wouldn't be able to name the band. Yeah. But I could to name the era. I know the era. It's oh, from- it's 90s. It's my childhood.
1: Yeah. <laughs> it's definitely 90s. Um, but yeah, so we we have heard your feedback. We are going to go back to the three-act structure. Um, thank you for bearing with us. And yeah. And now- but before we
2: go to the three-act structure, we're just going to chuck it out the window. We're basically sitting in, on couches tonight. We, I might we be, are. I might be sprawled out on the floor in a beanbag. I might be so relaxed tonight.
1: I don't even have my headphones in.
2: <laughs> this, you know, I, this uh, I too genius. bad I... I gave up on trying to drink a glass of wine every night because this would have been a a good night to drink two or three glasses of wine to just be more fun on the podcast. But I'm relaxed enough anyway.
1: Oh, yeah. Like, I don't... I actually, like, almost called without having my, like, good mic plugged in because I was that fucked out. (laughs) So, okay. So what what we're doing tonight is, like, we're just going to talk a little bit about Celebration News. I know this is a few weeks late. Anyway um <laughs> so we're gonna talk about some of the stuff that came out um we're not gonna talk about everything uh, chris doesn't really care about the publishing side of things oh, uh, oh
2: oh before i forget i saw a screen crush video spoiler hope and i both found out that screen crush shows up on our algorithm feed
1: and we both watched it not knowing <laughs> and
2: okay like and there's some things that are really annoying like i hate that little dog. like i don't hate the little dog the little dog's cute but I just don't, you know, the the whole like I got my dog and my dog talks in a like sort of like little dog Donald Duck voice. OK, you know what? It's not it's not horrifyingly annoying for the show. It's it, but it's not super endearing to me either, but it obviously is to other people. But the guy was in such a hurry to put up uh, his show today Where they're talking about, like, is you know, are they going to be able to fix? They're they're sort of like in a bit of a a bit of a like he he the guy who runs it seems to like it, but he's very concerned that his friends are not digging the the direction the Mandalorians going, and they were discussing that. But like they obviously he obviously would like um for like and I saw a little window into his editing style. He was talking and then the dog said something and then he said something, but he forgot to edit in the dog. So he was just talking and then all of a sudden he like purses up his lip and talks in the dog's voice and then just goes along talking. And I'm like, oh, my God, he forgot to put the insert shot of the dog sitting <laughs> there with the voice. Because that's all he has to do is just he could just do a script and talk in the dog's voice as long as it cut away to the dog every time. Mm -hmm. and he forgot to he just he just it was the only line from the dog too he was on a skype you know a zoom call with his friends or something for with this show but like it was like whoops
1: (laughs) he was actually um ryan airy was on my buddy's podcast the on friday uh he was on a force connect over at the um uh oh uh the star wars Stream network those are some of my buddies and he was there and i stopped and said hi but i couldn't stay because i was tired whatever
2: <laughs> but just i just thought that was funny and i had to i had to interrupt just b- or before it slipped out of my old brain my <laughs> yeah. old brain
1: so uh, so yeah, we're just gonna talk about a uh, celebration night, uh, in any order that we feel like it, we, we, oh, publishing. So we're probably not gonna talk too much about publishing. I will say I'm excited about hearing Phase 3 stuff for High Republic. My baby, Loading Great Storm, is coming back, written by Charles Soule, and I can't wait because I'm gonna fuck that Twilight and not you, Chris, but other Chris for For Light and Dice. If you ever listen to this, please let us meet Loading Great Storm and save his life, so help him fuck him, thanks. Um... And so, uh, I'm very very excited to hear about the, uh, High stuff. Um, but outside of that, like, yeah, what did you think about some of the cool celebration stuff that was floating around last weekend? We have three movies coming.
2: Yeah. I think it's me. I don't... (coughs) There wasn't anything that got me really excited, but that doesn't mean anything because the stuff that gets me really excited might be like really niche or like weird but everything looked good like every everything looked like interesting and good which is you know so like i've 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 learned you know i'm not gonna know how i'm gonna feel about something till i actually see it these days um of all the like trailers that i saw the only one that i had a complaint with was the indiana jones trailer
1: well oh, okay so you wanted me to put this on the list because i didn't even have it on the list originally talk to me about the indiana jones trailer
2: i just i just wanted it on the list because i wanted to talk about it and a it's sort of tangentially attached to, to it it's a lucasfilm joint and we've done all the movies now so now you are a an initiate into the indiana jones world
1: yeah. I, I'm I'm definitely thinking that we should have like, a, a Indiana. That'd be one of our possible um, commentaries this winter.
2: Oh, this the Indiana Jones five. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah, it should be. We should be able to do that by then. Yeah. Um, I like this second trailer a lot better. It had the same problem the first trailer did. That goddamn generic trailer music. I hate it a (laughs) sympathy for the devil maybe is on like you know some sort of trailer like free use that disney's paid you know a million dollars for and they're like because you know like in the 90s there were so many trailers that like Would be like, and then blah 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 blah. I feel good. Every trailer, you know, hey, now you're a rock star. And and Sympathy for the Devil gets used a lot because it's kind of evil sounding. It's narrative. It's got like interesting. and, And in the beginning of it, where he's sleeping in his lounger chair and it wakes him up is great and that actually jump scared me on the first viewing of it and it's it's hilarious but then it just goes into that like i swear to god there's this casio organ that's beautiful i want one they're like thirty five thousand dollars or something like that you know that you see sit at them like a console to a spaceship and they can literally play any instrument in the orchestra beautifully and Say you wanted to play like Star Wars sheet music on it for the orchestra, you could you can put the software in that switches the sounds on the keyboard in different places. So like when you're playing it, you can go and play, okay, I need it to be play, you know, that's a flute part now, and then when you're where your fingers go, there'll be flutes there, you know, in the right part of the keyboard while the other part of the keyboard is still playing you know the strings and stuff that you have to keep going so you can basically simulate an orchestra yeah, with it. and they do a lot of like trailer music from it and i suspect probably a lot of cheap soundtracks from it too but a lot of trailer music from it and that's what this is this is a with a little bit of the rolling stones mixed in it's just very generic it's not it's not as bad as the other one because it rhythmically works with the 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 action and it enhances the action and that's what i liked about the the action in this movie looks like up to par yeah it does it and i mean it's kinetic you know you see like The, the, the movement is kinetic and I was like, Ooh, I'm feeling this like a James Bond movie or a Mad Max movie, you know? Oh yeah. So, and Mangold's a director, like that kind of director. So, okay. It's, it's, I'm, I'm, I, I'm just going to put this out on the table right now. I would sit and watch a three hour movie. I would sit and watch a video, a live feed of the most boring day of old Indiana Jones's life. Just tottering around and, you know, talking to people at work or whatever, and, you know, buying a hot dog outside. I would watch that and I'd be fascinated just because I love, I figured it out today. It's like, I love the character of Indiana Jones and I love Harrison Ford as an actor Mm-hmm. But but Harrison Ford as an actor now, whenever you see him, he's just kind of grumpy and uh, low energy. Mm-hmm. And Indiana Jones, you can see from young Indiana Jones that old Indiana Jones is going to be crabby too. Young Indiana Jones is kind of crabby. But he's not going to be low energy. And yeah. uh, so when he plays Indiana Jones... It's just like there, Harrison Ford. That's what you should be like. <laughs> just be Indiana Jones for the rest of your life. You're still, you can still be old and and crappily, but now you can punch people in the face, you know, or, or smile and stuff. So, like, I'm, I, I could just sit and watch Harrison Ford play Indiana Jones all day, and it looks like it could, it could be a good, uh, uh a good venue, for that. But like in the movie, he will be, he will be jumping out of planes and shit. So. I, I'm 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 cautiously optimistic.
1: Yeah, like I don't have like any like super strong feelings about the Indiana Jones movie, but the trailer looked fun. And if if it you know, they're they're saying that this will be the last one, um, this is to cap off Harrison Ford's run and I, I think, yeah, I'm here for it. There, there's one actor I cannot for the life of me place is that Lars Mickelson? I keep thinking I see I think
2: so. I think so. I the think that's funny because they—they're bringing him Mads, back
1: as Thrawn as Mads well.
2: So. Isn't it Mads Mikkelsen or something like that?
1: Oh yeah, the other Mikkelsen. No wait, which one of the Mikkelsens is Thrawn? I, I don't know there were, the other. Mikkelsen. I
2: didn't know there were two of them. Yeah. They're
1: brothers. Oh. There's Lars and there's Mads. Oh. And they're both movie people.
2: Maybe gets to play Thrawn and the Nazi and. So he's basically well, I mean, playing. <laughs> yeah, he's basically playing two Nazis.
1: My blue husband, though. Who's evil! He's come back, but yeah, I I thought the trailer looked a lot of fun, really yep. great. I just don't have a lot of strong feelings towards it as I, I was a little
2: people. bit worried about the character of his of his goddaughter just because it's like. You know they they've sort of they set up Marion and they set, and I know what's his name is probably not like probably no director wants to work with him or whatever the guy played his son. Um,
1: oh, Shia Booth
2: Shia LaBeouf. The 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 beef is but like or like so I was like okay there you know the but but the way it is it's like okay. Yeah, it's a, the the guy that they have in the beginning of the the movie, the fat guy is her father. And he probably has a few god kids, because I would make my, Indiana Jones my godparent, because then your kids are in good hands if anything happens to you. I just so, wish they so, had so brought makes, back, it, like, wait, uh,
1: like, I kind of just wish they had brought back, like, Kihu, Kwan, so he could be, like, adult short round and, like, get the torch passed off to him. That would have been great.
2: I think, uh, I think that probably would have been a lot more like if they'd started production later, and if, yeah, if he won the Oscar, it would be like, boom, we have to do this. And guess what? People might be, might not be averse to having short, a series of short round sequel movies, you know, where he doesn't have to be Indiana Jones. But he's also a character that they're familiar with and have, um, um, sentimentality for. So, like, shit, that would have been a great, that, like, because I, you know, I mean. Right,
1: like, like why couldn't he, like, win are, the like, Oscar, the like People last are, like, they're year. trying
2: to set up this woman to be his replacement in a series of movies, which I doubt. But, you know, at the same time, I would, I would not put it, past, you know, I, not like if they're putting something past you, but I wouldn't put it past Disney to be considering, like, you know, the, the possibility of that, but they said the same thing about Shia LaBeouf and Crystal Skull and it and it didn't work out that way. So it's, you know, yeah. or, or recasting him or something. I, I just don't, I just think that, like, probably everywhere across, everybody across the board just figures you can only do Indiana Jones with Harrison Ford, you know? It's sort of his thing, and... And that's that. But I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. It'll probably be the first movie that'll get me in a theater since COVID.
1: I... I almost went and saw the Mario movie this weekend. I just ran out of time, and I I've heard
2: I've it. heard good things about it.
1: I yeah, I heard it's very solid. I heard it's exactly what you would expect from Nintendo and Illumination teaming up. And I was like, that sounds like about what I was expecting. <laughs>
2: I've 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 heard a lot of people say good things about the Super Mario movie and the Dungeons of the Dragons movie.
1: I've been wanting to see that too. I've heard really good things about the Dungeons and Dragons movie. Well, it's
2: about time because the Dungeons and Dragons movies have been pretty horrible up to this yeah. point. Yeah. So good. Maybe they finally got a, a real movie.
1: Speaking of man gold, hey, we have three Star Wars movies coming.
2: Yep, and they're man gold.
1: Yeah, I actually really <laughs> like. This approach, instead of just being like here we must continue numbers and blah blah blah, um, it seems like they're trying to develop eras. So once they get like the framework of the era through the movie, then they can continue developing content around it. And I kind of like that approach a lot.
2: Yeah, yeah. Well, it 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 sort of signals towards new stuff, you know, mm-hmm. which is. And I, they've, been, they've been having better luck with the new stuff than the old stuff, even though it doesn't, maybe people don't see it that way or something, but like and when I say new stuff, I mean like like Clone Wars on like, I don't mean the sequel trilogy. I mean like, you know, Ahsoka, <laughs> Ahsoka from the cartoons is what has her own show now. And is one of the most people are excited getting excited because ezra bridger's gonna show up i know know, stuff like that so you know know those are original characters and that's what disney really wants too because i think there's still money to be paid for some stuff like it seems like you know it seems like you know that's why they would emphasize toys for the new movies rather than you know the old standbys r2d2 and they they sort of played r2d2 down in the movie to in the movie too because hey they want to sell bb8 toys and 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 you know i i don't think i don't think that necessarily worked in that direction but in the in the I, i mean it's dave filoni dave filoni actually knows how to create characters and create stories that have resonance to them so then people want to see that again you know and are are invested in the ongoing story of it so now you know so there's disney stuff that they've generated themselves i mean rebels was pretty much their first you know their first Real thing, wasn't it?
1: It it was. Uh, Rebels was the first book, and I think it came out um like a week, like a few months before the first movie it started. So it it really was, and I I, I gotta say, like I know I've been on the fence about like the whole like live action Rebels thing because I love my animation stuff like that. I love how Sabine looks. I love how Hera looks. Like, I, I got emotional seeing Zeb, even though Zeb's in The Mandalorian, and I don't think he's actually going to be in the Asoka series. Like, I got a little, I got some feels for it, and it got me. It got me. It got me. Um, but I, I, okay, so to go through the movies, um, first of all, let's do the Felony one, since we're talking about it. Like, okay. it sound. I, I have StarWars.com pulled up. Dave Filoni will focus on the New Republic and close out the interconnected stories of the Mandalorian, Book of Boba Fett, Ahsoka, and other Disney Plus series.
2: Yeah, that tells me we're getting basically.
1: Yeah, I was about to say that tells me that we're getting a Star Wars Avengers essentially. Yeah, and I think that'd be a cool thing. Um, I hope it's on it's on big screen. I hope it's not like a Disney Plus movie.
2: No, I mean that's why I think that's how they announced. uh, So far, they haven't really done movies. For Disney Plus yet, you know, like if they do, if if a movie ends up on Disney Plus, it ends up getting stretched out like Kenobi. So. Yeah, um, but
1: I I think that's a cool thing. You know, you've been having all these shows. And yeah. It's really, it's gonna be a lot of fun to see stuff like Grogu on a movie screen. You know.
2: Yes, it's it's gonna be really cool. Well, it also <laughs> they. And we know if Dave Filoni's involved in in it, then and and he's not only involved; he's in charge, and he's in charge of all the TV shows. It will line up into something, and he knows, like he he will know how to have it wind up in a movie form that will be um, digestible by people who are big disney plus viewers who are just star wars fans you know because that's who that's that's who he really like if 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 it's modestly budgeted then okay you can get the star wars fans in there you know the fans and have it be lucrative enough honestly
1: if it has a baby yoda
2: in the trailer people will come right right but yeah yeah yeah, well, no, that's no, I'm talking beyond the Mandalorian fans, though. There's a lot of people who just only go to see that. They'll go to see the Star Wars movies because they go to see all the James Bond movies. You know, it's just it's part of the movie making Where You know, though, there's people who go to the movies and they're like Star Wars. Oh, it's a franchise. It's been real. or You know, James Bond, you know what you're getting. You know, they've gone to the other ones and enjoyed them. That's who they have to get, too. To get the, you know, what, you know, whatever, you know, close to a billion dollars that ideally they would like to get for it all. But then again, I don't know if Disney isn't starting to get wise as to the future and start thinking about like maybe it isn't about how much money you make right out of the gate, you know? Maybe it's about like once you have that movie and you have the rights to it you have it forever you know you have it you can you can be you have content for your you know you know after a while they'll be able to have a star wars channel you know Mm -hmm. (laughs) They could just play star wars content all the time and be fairly fresh or whatever but you know and 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 they'll, they'll be able to repackage it for a new generation every time you know and and sell dvds of it or you know Something that came out that was a moderate success might, you know, something that a character from it down the line might have a really big hit movie and spark interest in it, or the people will just figure out, oh, that, that, this is a, you know, this was actually misunderstood and is really good or whatever. So it's more, you know, I think these days it's more of a long term thing. You know, whereas before you just had your show, you had your your cycle of reruns, and if the show did well enough, you could sell it into syndication for local channels or you know, whoever wanted to buy the rights to it. Which you can still sort of you know, they're still sort of doing stuff like that now. But now you just have like this huge it's like the two true freaks podcast website. You just have this huge repository that you keep dumping stuff into that anybody can go and just like dive in, you know, I mean, with streaming nowadays, it's like okay, I'm not seeing the show that everybody's talking about, but it's going to be sitting there waiting for me to where I'm like, I'm bored this weekend or I'm sick. I'm I'm going to binge something and then
1: it's so funny you say uh, that. Two years you're later, like,
2: five years unless later, unless you're stuff. on
1: like HBO Max or Netflix, and then it's just like, oops, we're gone and we don't make hard copies anymore. Bye, bye. Don't yeah. put it on your portfolio. Animated. Well, that's
2: one of the. That's one of the horrifying evil things about it but the thing is it's never gone because if it if it played on that show somebody has somebody's burned it off and and has it you know where you can download it or whatever mm-hmm. but yeah but yeah say goodbye to watching it legitimately after that you know which is so stupid mm-hmm. so stupid but Di- disney's not going anywhere disney You know, the way I and 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 a big block of media that you can access at all times, you know, there's I know what's going to end up happening with when you have these companies that have these huge tanks full of content is they'll be able to go like, you know, you can you can watch for free and you can watch all the new shows with commercials or you could pay 5 bucks a month and get rid of the commercials you could watch all the new shows and They already started that. And like, they're, uh, they and they're back cheaper, and they're they, back they episode. And their back episode. And you know, and you have to pay like this full tier to be able to just watch everything that they have, you know.
1: Yeah. They they actually started doing that. Like they have a cheaper version of Disney Plus that they're testing um that if you can have a cheaper Disney Plus with commercials. So it's it's something that they're already doing. But, um, so I I think the Avengers movie for Dave Filoni sounds great. I'm here for that. Yeah. Uh, I think it'll be a fun way to cap it all off. Uh, So James Mangold, who is doing Dial Destiny with Mr. Indiana Jones, is going to be doing a movie about the dawn of the Jedi. And uh, from what I've read, it's about the very first Jedi. And it's something like 25,000 years prior. To anything we've ever had, it's the earliest we've ever been in Star Wars, even in the old EU. And I'm just like, wow, that's really kind of cool.
2: Yeah, to see you, you, people you actually. Actually, fit, you want to know the thing that fit, I thought of? Like, I mean, how far back? How back is it? Good, is it going to be like the first time somebody actually manifests a force power, and then like, it, there's all. I mean, that just the 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 potential stories and directions you can go with that is pretty infinite and you you
1: know what the really stupid shallow thing that i really want a city is what coruscant before it was ever cities
2: oh because you all
1: we have left of the original surface of the planet is the mountain that pokes up in monument plaza that's all we have and i want to actually see coruscant as a planet before anything was built on it I would cry because <laughs> that's my that's
2: my planet, boo. I want to see it. Hopefully it was really ugly and, and lifeless. <laughs> like
1: mountains.
2: Well, yeah, mountains can be ugly and lifeless, so. Hey, they're
1: pretty.
2: Yeah, but then it's a shame that that pretty world just got covered with, with uh,
1: ugly city.
2: P- pavement and buildings. Yeah. Well, uh, a beautiful city, but from a certain point up.
1: <laughs> yeah, pretty. For about the first thousand levels. And everything below that sucks. But I, I think. I I find this a really interesting idea. Because there's just anything. That you could do with the story. I kind of love the idea. I, I was joking with a friend. I was like, what if the first Jedi. Because this was before they split. Into light side and dark side. So he's just a guy. Like an accountant. Like, a space accountant, and he's just a guy, and he's just perfectly balanced, and he happens to be, like, a space accountant that can, like, move his pencil with his brain, and people are like, whoa, and he's the first Jedi, (laughs) like, he should just be a guy. Actually, um, in The Legend of Korra, I I wonder if they're gonna go, like, the the roots of, like, the first Avatar, which, whose name is Wan, I think was his name, um... Don't I at me. I know we human. have to watch Hope Makes Chris watch cartoons and get there. I know, I know. But um there's a what if, there's what a what two if the first part Jedi isn't a human. Huh?
2: What if the first Jedi isn't a human?
1: I hope that they go full alien in a lot of these. We I give me give me my pulpy no but yeah. I I would be down for that. I hope the first Jedi is a walking talking midichlorian. chlorian. And he's just—it's all about him. And he's just like this five-foot-tall single-cell organism. And he's just like, "Hi, I'm the first Jedi. What's up?"
2: I'm gonna self-replicate into more Jedi.
1: Do it with you.
2: Then, some guy goes, "Oh, that's cool," and eats him. And then inside of him, he just starts—he just starts splitting apart.
1: Oh my! We—we we jokes did it. on you, we, buddy. We figured out the plot of the movie, Chris. We did it. it
2: is. Well, it's over. It's spoiled. Spoilers, you know, everybody. Sorry,
1: guys. We work for Disney, by the way. We work for Star Wars.
2: Not anymore. We don't.
1: <laughs> Shit, we f- f- broke our NDAs. <laughs> but no, for, for real though. Like, what, what do you what do you feel about this? I, I think it's a really cool idea to explore. Yeah,
2: yeah. I think Mangold's a good director. I think Mangold is. Flaw. his only flaw that I've seen in his movies is he's definitely like in franchise when he did the X-Men movie, the, the Logan movie, which was fantastic, except for, and this was a problem with the last time they tried to do uh, a Wolverine movie where, where you cannot you know, by, by the the studio will not let you, and this is a leftover from 90s comics, will not let you just do, take one character and focus on them. Like Wolverine had one of the most like popular, innovative mini series, like four issue mini series. And it was just him, you know, in Japan having an adventure.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: And, and that they made the movie The Wolverine, I think it was, that was sort of similar to that, but it was a yeah. little different. But, and, and the same, same with Logan. The studio has to have that eas- Easter eggs and sequel setups where, you know, you, we got to make sure we have some other mutants in there and we have to introduce some and stuff in there and that it totally derailed the wolverine movie and in logan which was a mangold movie like i have a feeling if like mangold's movies on his own he gets to do more or less what he wants but with a franchise and with the x with the last one the the whole movie was like grit and like just brutally brutally like gritty and pulling no punches Mm-hmm. And then it had to introduce some new mutants in it, and, and then all of a sudden it had like and just like completely, totally different inserted into the movie stuff to sell another franchise. It never took off, you know. Inside of this movie, that's like universally like one of acknowledged as one of the best X Men movies or like superhero type of movies there are you know especially as an r-rated one and uh but it, ha- it had that in like if i was a director i would not be having that shit, you know but then again i'd never make it to a sony movie or whoever owned i think sony owned the logan
1: r.i.p lord and miller movies that will never be seen at star wars ever again which makes me sad the what the lord and miller movies because they were supposed to do a solo and apparently they butted heads oh, so much oh. and they changed they changed like lauren's cast and script so much and now they'll never ever work out of star wars ever again Which makes me sad because I well we have you know, what no i
2: we have no idea if disney was right or wrong about that i think we have an idea of like the effect it had on the movie the energy of the movie itself but like
1: did I ever tell like you? It,
2: sounded, was- it sounded, it sounded, it sounded like it sounded totally, like they were trying to go in a more like, um, um, Guardians of the Galaxy direction, mm-hmm. and I, I think with Han Solo, that would be a great idea, you know. Did and I ever
1: tell you about Megan's neighbor?
2: No, <laughs> I don't think so.
1: Oh my god! I can't believe I didn't tell you this. Uh, okay, so sorry. everybody, my, my best friend is named Megan, and one of her neighbors actually used to work for ILM, and actually worked on Solo for during the the Lord and Miller era of it. Oh, and he was saying the movie was so much better. And it was cohesively funny. It really delved into the characters more. And it was a very character driven story, not like must go from MacGuffin to McGuffin to Kessel Run. And it was like, it was really interesting. But there was just so much tension between um, Lord and Miller butting heads with the script writers um, because they wanted to improv so much and let it be character focused. And he was like, he he saw like an early cause because he was working on it um he saw like an early version of it and he was like it was so much better than what we actually got and i was like ah that makes me so sad
2: see i always was on i, I mean the, the 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 maybe the script writers ha, are, had some power and had a i always was under the impression that what you know they you buy you buy a script for the movie but you don't have to follow it you know what i mean like you no. buy that script like a lot of times people buy scripts a director will sit down and rewrite it and you'll end up with like five pages of that script unchanged on the pay on the screen you know and and that script writer still has like like not full full credit but credit but like usually it seems like scripts are are made to be not to be followed that's why you'll have like that's the difference between a script and a um uh, what you what would call it? transcription, you know?
1: Look, I've written two separate articles for two different companies about two separate Kasdans who have worked on Star Wars. It must be a Kasdan thing, because Lawrence, I think it was Lawrence, whatever Kasdan wrote, Return Lawrence. of the Jedi, apparently was Pissed that they changed the "I love you, I know." And in an interview in the '80s, he said, "I am apparently the only person who despises this because they changed my script, and my script was better."
2: And he's right.
1: <laughs> and the other Kazdin. Because you know his, what his son, line.
2: Do you know what? Do you you remember what his his line was?
1: Um, there's two separate ones, it was, the original was, I love you, I love you too, and the other one was that, was, please, it was something along the lines of, like, please remember that because I will be back.
2: Yeah, neither of them are very good. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Neither of them are even close to I know, you know. Yeah. None of them.
1: And then the other Kazdan being his son was the one that was doing solo, and he apparently got really pissed off. For Lorda Miller changing his script. So if I had a nickel for every time a Casmid got mad at a director for changing their shit in a Star Wars, I would have two nickels. Well, that it, yeah. It must be a Casmid problem.
2: <laughs> it might be. It might be. Well, I mean, with the name, that you have a little little bit of power, you know. So who knows? But.
1: Let's yeah. talk about the third Star Wars movie. Um, so, from everything I've seen, it takes place 15 years after the events of Rise of Skywalker. It's Charmaine Obai Chin- uh, Chinoy, um, and it features Daisy Ridley back as Jedi Master Rey.
2: Well, didn't and they say it was going to be three movies? No. Oh, they didn't. Okay.
1: There were just three movies being announced, which was okay. Filoni, Golds, and this one.
2: Okay. I, th- I thought they said she was back for a set of three movies, which made me think, okay, so it's going to be like 10, 11, 12.
1: Oh, that I, that I don't know, but that's not... I don't think so. Take that with a grain of salt, everybody. Uh, yeah. I don't know. Um, but I'm excited that Daisy's back, but I also... What is it going to be if we don't have John Boyega and um, Oscar Isaac as well?
2: well like, is oscar are they definitely not coming back yet or maybe they just were like if we can get one of them we can announce it you know because boyega he was negative but like when they were asking if he was come back he'd he basically he basically, basically said i'm no. not going to get disney plus which means i'm not coming back for tv <laughs> i'm not a tv he was basically saying i don't I don't do TV, you know?
1: There was, there was a while there where John Vallejo was just like, no, fuck Star Wars, which I don't blame him. And then after... Well, I'm sure Daisy
2: Ridley, Ridley too. I'm sure oh, pretty yeah, much, much every. I
1: mean, all of them, all of them.
2: All um, the all the lead cast had had something that happened in the movie or... Was said about their character, or
1: the fandom, or, or the yeah.
2: fandom that that gave them a reason to have people hating on them. You know, I mean, Oscar Isaac's, like, there was the like he like, you know, basically he and Finn were were possibly, you know, that people were shipping them and like, oh, why why not put that in the movie, you know, or whatever. And then like, and he would he would and they would like not not shy away from it they would be you know they they would do oh, the Oscar Isaac
1: was all for a storm a storm pilot
2: <laughs> right so yeah so i mean every everybody had reasons to get somebody mad at him ab- about it in in some way so like
1: but i i do think there has been a change Um, I I think John Boyega might have brought about his own change during the Black Lives Matter protests when he went on his amazing blowhorn, uh, bullhorn speech, and he pretty much like called out Disney for their bullshit, and like the next day Disney was just like, yeah, we fucked up, sorry, Um, because then ever since then they've been like super protective of their actors and they like came out and like protected Moses Ingram and stuff, and so I i think that if john boyega comes back it was it's on his the work that he did himself and recently he he there's a few years there where he was just like no like i it was i'm not doing it but last month he did an article where he talked about like it's really fun being back in star wars as a fan and enjoying star wars as a fan and I'm like, oh, that kind of feels like he started come around again. And I feel like this time around, Disney would be a lot more careful in protecting him and Daisy. And
2: okay, if if I were John Boyega, if I were John Boyega, if I was, if I was any character except for Rey and Kylo Ren, after the 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 Rise of Skywalker. I would be so pissed at Disney right now, for Disney actually like with like when Obi Wan comes out and it's like, oh, let's give the actor who played Owen Lars some real dialogue and and dr- drama scenes with an Oscar-winning actor, you know, to that they're well-written to to do now, and he can actually show people that he's a really good actor. And uh, let's, you know, and, 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 and like, well, Boyega is more like um, Ewan McGregor. He's actually very much like Ewan McGregor. He's sort of out of the same world, the same age when Ewan McGregor and, and has had like the early success that Ewan McGregor had. But like, let's give Ewan McGregor a, a vehicle where he has like good dialogue, you know, real like. Some real, you know acting that he can really sink his, you know, scenes that he can sink his teeth into with real dialogue, you know, motivational, character-driven dialogue and stuff. and 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 Disney did all that for them. and then just like screwed everybody. <laughs> every secondary character in in the sequel oh, trilogy, that, That's where what you're I'm supposed saying. to be like, cementing feel... yourself in Star Wars history. And they all became like, you know, ancillary characters in the third movie and in the second movie, too, for, you know, if you, you know, I mean, like uh, a lot of the like a lot of the characters from the first, like Boyega got sidelined in the second movie. But then the second movie introduced Rose and then she got, then they both got sidelined in the third movie.
1: Oh, we just, we've, we've already been down this this track. Yeah. I like I don't disagree, which is why like I think with a new movie with Ray, I think there's a really good chance that they will make it up, make it right too. I mean, cause like I like for example, like Kelly Marie Tran has been doing Rose in all the Lego and and voice acting stuff. Like so, she hasn't really left the character.
2: Oh well, yeah, then, but they have to put her around the kids because the kids will play nice, you know, the kids will like her character, will recognize and like her character. They put her in another movie that it's just going to be like, oh, God, that? you know, it's, you know,
1: I mean, it's, it's going to happen regardless. But I the, think like, the, the, there's the, been enough like love around it. And like Oscar Isaac never fully left Disney. He's in Moon Knight. I mean, of course, he's crushing it in Moon Knight. Um, so, but, like, he's still under Disney, so, like, really all we're missing, like, is John Boyega, and I, I feel like they could, especially, like, having learned their lessons since 2020, um, and seeing the work they've done, I, I think we could have the full cast back. Could,
2: I mean, it, like, you could probably get any of them by just handing them a good script, you, you know, showing show them, show
1: handing, them. Handing them... a good wad of money.
2: Well. Yeah, that too. But then again, they all they all garner wads of money anyway. But yeah, you get a wad of money. You get a wad of money for a Star Wars movie for sure, especially if you're returning.
1: I I do think that they've learned their mistakes of the sequel trilogy, and I I should hope so. Yeah, I feel like they're starting to move in a better direction, which is why I was saying that I like that they're not doing like numbered movies. They're like developing eras. Because even if this is just about Rey and her little Jedi Order in this era, and she's the only one there, it opens the door for them to have shows around the era, and that's really exciting to me. So,
2: maybe they uh, can figure out a. Di- they have an opportunity to find out a different kind of Star Wars movie. Yeah, because like at, at, at that area, at, at that point, at that juncture in time, is it's Is it like, I mean here's the thing it's star wars so are you ever going to be allowed a time of peace you know more than just like a small time of peace you know so but i I mean there's an opportunity to take a different approach on star wars movies you know you could take you could make you could have a branch of mystical force star wars movies that could still have tension and action and stuff but don't have to be you know the dark versus the light and stuff i mean how many iterations of it can you do or a new yeah, set I gonna of gonna saying, it, like, it,
1: i would rather it be like a low stakes sort of thing like yeah. um like something like solo like solo there's still the empire there but like really what they're going against is crimson Dawn and the pikes make the stakes and more which is mystical. a part of like the bigger structure of the empire because these crime organizations can flourish under the Empire, but like, I, I would actually, I don't want another Death Star. I don't want another no. planet killer thing. I want this movie to be a nice personal character-driven story with like personal stakes. It doesn't have to be a Death Star. Maybe it's about going to Exegol and finding Ben Solo's, like, single hair to go to Dr. Pershing's cloning lab.
2: (laughs) Maybe it has, maybe, maybe, like, just in the generational pattern, it has to go back to its beginnings every generation or so to grab, to have something new to grab the kids, you know? (laughs) You know, like we we don't know yet. We we have another ten years or so to find out what the the little kids who who saw the sequel trilogy are like. You know, with uh, that being their Star Wars. You know,
1: hell, I have more than enough friends who love the sequel trilogy.
2: <laughs> not me.
1: I know. I know. I uh.
2: I'm not uh, averse uh, to having friends that like the sequel. I like two-thirds of the sequel trilogy. I don't, you know. And and ch- little I, little little bits and pieces of the, the last movie. So like
1: I almost want to have a Chris versus Chris because uh Chris from For Light and Dice uh loves Tross. Like unironically loves Tross. I, I was I, just like, I'd oh man, hear, Chris versus Chris debate.
2: <laughs> I'd love to hear why. I mean, I'm not i I mean I'm I envy him. <laughs> Cause I like I like actually up until Tross, I considered myself a sucker for Star Wars. It was like, okay, you know, holiday special, throw it at me. You know, I don't give a shit. I'm gonna like it. I like Star Wars, and uh, nope, I was wrong. I can, ha- I could, I I walked out of it going like, yeah, that was a mess. <laughs> Holy, <laughs> so it's possible. But so far just that.
1: Yeah. So I just want to touch on these because I haven't seen the bootleg footage, but it sounds like everything I've heard about the acolyte and skeleton crew sounds like they're coming along swimmingly.
2: I heard one person talking about seeing the uh, the bootleg and they said it looked really they they said they were surprised at how incredibly like cinematic looking it was. And I
1: know that you don't know this, but I'm very excited that Vernestra Rowe is going to be in The Acolyte. I also am just like, dear Project Luminous writers, keep stop, stop changing the how like species function because I did not know Mary Allens could live a hundred years apparently. <laughs> Why is Vernestra still alive? Um, because they did that to Lesat. Now apparently Lasat's lived for centuries. Thanks, Daniel Jose Older. But, um, it's, that's really cool because just for some, like, context, like, for anybody who doesn't know, like, Vernestra Rowe is both asexual and aromantic, um, which is, like, just a really cool bit of, like, queer content in a canonical character on screen. <laughs> so
2: that, and they don't, but they don't have to worry about him having a relationship <laughs> on you know, scene. They don't have to worry about oh, doing anything. Uh,
1: Vernestra's a woman, I should say.
2: Her doing, they don't have to worry about her doing anything on screen, so it's always going to be in the background.
1: So, uh, Rajah is like a super cool because she gets to focus on like her other relationships, like her friendships and her Padawan. And I just realized that her Padawan is dead in this time period. That just made me sad. Um, big sad um, but like yeah every, and then like from everything I heard about Skeleton Crew is it's they, like Kathleen Kennedy specifically said that they are cha- channeling um, Amblin movies, Amblin productions so it's very like E.T. and Goonies and, wow. er- and everybody has said that that's exactly what it feels like um, it feels like they're watching the Goonies but in Star Wars okay So, uh, but yeah, they specifically was going for, like, an Amblin... Am I saying that right? Amblin?
2: Yeah.
1: Uh, Amblin, uh, production for when it comes to Skeleton Crew.
2: Oh, they should have hired Spielberg for the... The first episode.
1: And then the other kind of, like, uh, side thing I just want to note is... I kind of expected this, but... Next season is the last season of The Bad Batch, and I think that's very fitting. Like Bad Batch feels like a very solid three-season show. It feels like a three-season show. Like, to talk well, through.
2: they're they're building these things these shows in the cracks too, which gives them like it, not like other TV shows where you can just keep going and going and going season after season. You can't do that with this because the you know they're they're traveling along a timeline, so it's better to like. Have a plan for it. Like, I think they've learned that. Have a plan for it. Get in, get out, you know?
1: Yeah. It's one thing with, like, um, live action to, like, go on and on and on and on. But for an animated show, like, we're never going to get another Clone Wars of, like, seven seasons. It's yeah. just so fucking expensive. Yeah. And everyone kind of agrees that the downside of Clone Wars is, like, it, there's so much of... It, it does not fit the two to three year timeline. It just doesn't. It doesn't make sense um, to fit that two- to three-year timeline. That's okay. Um, but I, I think it's fitting. Like Bad Batch feels like a three-season show. I think that's a really good... I, I like that they're wanting to finish it on their own terms. I wish they would give Resistance another shot in one more season. Um, But uh, I'm, I'm pretty down with that. And well, uh, maybe, not, the-
2: maybe not Resistance, but maybe something Resistance-based could happen because we're starting to bleed towards that timeline.
1: Oh, I'm going to talk about that when we get to the Ahsoka trailer in a second. But uh, the other thing I just wanted to note that was just kind of tiny is we're getting a Tales of the Jedi Season 2, which is really cool. Um, we talked about like the stories that we would want to see when we did our Tales of the Jedi coverage, so I'm not going to touch on it then, but I'm just happy that we're getting another Tales of the Jedi. I think that's yeah. going be fun. No more Ahsoka stories, please.
2: You want more? I I mean, I'll bet you they they cover something different, you know? Somebody different instead of... I hope they... Yeah,
1: I, I hope so.
2: Oh. So... Well, I mean, along that lines was Visions, too.
1: Yeah! Oh, my God! The Star Wars Vision trailer is amazing. That's how I want Star Wars always to look just so drastically different i am obsessed with the indian jedi with her double lightsabers and also the indian inquisitor i'm obsessed with them i watched this trailer like 10 times i love the different styles cartoon saloon style is just like so amazing and looks so beautiful in a star wars and then you have the one that looks like it's like a felt doll and of yep. course um Aardman, Ardman. Ah, like, Visions looks so good. It's everything I wanted and more. Please continue. And actually something that was very interesting, I didn't realize this, they must have been planning this really far and ahead because when I was watching the Visions panel, they said that they had been working on some of the stuff in the pandemic which was before season one ever aired so i was just like oh my gosh so if they've been working on this like how many seasons are already planned out provisions
2: well i'm sure because that's the way you would do it is get a whole bunch of people and and all those animation houses probably have a schedule and they probably had a whole list of people who wanted to do it and then like fit it into their production schedules you know when it was or they they like i mean the first the first one was very you know anime well it was yeah it was Um,
1: purposely to be anime
2: and uh, so maybe they you know maybe they're you know finding a certain although this one has seems to have less of a focus in that although it just generally looks more western style There's not like they Animation. don't actually
1: pick a style. That's that's the only thing about it. They don't actually pick a style. Um, they just they just give it over to the creators and say make a Star Wars in your vision. Um, so like um, Star Wars explained was talking about the panel and they were saying that like the the one from India like the Inquisitor is actually based on a villain from Indian folklore, and the cartoon saloon one is based on an Irish myth. So it is these stories, but like season one was specifically made to be anime because of the Kurosawa influence on George Lucas. And so that's why season one was just anime studios. Um, and then this next season was to expand to others. So now right. I'm just like, where are we going if there's a season three?
2: Well, this, this one, one just is- looks more visually diverse. It's It's got a like, like- it just has it just feels more all it doesn't feel as much visually cohesive, which is fine with me. Is I, I, it's preferable to me actually. So I uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I thought it looked everything looked really cool.
1: Yeah, I I've watched the the trailer like ten times at least. I just I can't get enough of it. Um so and finally, last but certainly not least, let's talk about that Ahsoka trailer. That was pretty much like the only like big trailer we got over the weekend.
2: Well, it's going to be a. Well, there was also a Young Jedi Adventures trailer, too. Not much to say about that.
1: It was very cute. There was. It was very. Sorry, I was on mute and I was talking. <laughs> There was a Young Jedi Adventures trailer. It is so cute. I love the details. I'm here for Nubs. Nubs army, let's rise up. But it's very clear that it's a passion project. And there's so many just little details. There's, like, one where one of them is, like, punching the hyperdrive. And you can see, like, the threading on, I think it was Kai, on Kai's sleeve. And it's just so cute. I love
2: it. It's, it's, I, I, I have my only two notes is yoda looks like anthony hopkins yeah uh, it's animation yoda's always
1: gonna look like a crazy little monster
2: um i i wonder 20 years from now if this show does well if there'll be a gritty adult version with these characters as adults for all the little kids who started out with this who want like here's the
1: thing we don't know where Young Jedi Adventures is set in the High Republic era. For all we know, they could be adults in the Acolyte. Like, we just, we don't know where in the era this show is set.
2: Well, I'm just saying, whatever whatever era it's set in, you can always set it 20 years in the future for for, for the kids who grow yeah. up and want to see their adult nub, and he's, and he's...
1: All like, we know is it's in the it. High Republic era. That's all we know. But-
2: yeah, I don't think that'll have much bearing on it, you know. I have a feeling it's, you know, it, it really looks it's it's truly, you know, like aimed towards little, little kids. Oh,
1: it, it's so, it's a Disney Junior. It's a pre it's a grade yeah. school level.
2: Yeah. It's, so for, it's
1: that that is the demographic, and I'm gonna watch it because Nubs is fucking cute. Yeah. Uh-huh. So can I tell you the funny thing? <laughs> so Dee Bradley Baker um, is the voice of Nubs. And somebody on Twitter wrote, I can't believe the same man voices both nubs and crosshair, which caused several people to do like nubs and crosshair fan art of like nubs with crosshair sniper rifles.
2: Or a big scar on his face, yeah. (laughs) Exactly,
1: and it's amazing. (laughs) And that, kids, is why I always say in our notes, our background information note, who has done other stuff? In case you want to do fun fucking crossover stuff like that, <laughs> yeah. But I did. I really did enjoy the the Young Jedi Adventures. I haven't seen the newest short. It's the only one I haven't seen. I yet.
2: watched just one of the shorts and I was like, yeah, that's pretty good. And I'll it's try. It's yeah, it was cute. It was nothing, nothing earth shattering.
1: The Lost Cat is the fucking cutest Lost Cat I've ever seen in my life. But we've already been over that. Um, but yeah, the Ahsoka trailer.
2: Uh, well, I got just a few notes. It's it's Rebels two.
1: It is Rebels two. It looks and... like
2: Rebels, and I guess there was a shot in the trailer at celebration and not in this one, of her speeding down that highway road from the beginning of Rebels, on Lothal. Those
1: all looks so pretty. Uh,
2: it every looks the, great. the look of it, just the look of it, and the color scheme is all Rebels. So that's that's really cool. That means it's also gonna be like a lot of real world Ralph McQuarrie.
1: Yeah. There. And actually, uh, I have this in my notes. Uh, the co- Kevin Kiner is the composer, and it's his first live action Star Wars.
2: Oh, good, good, and and it should be like it should be yeah. That that's awesome. That's, I, I'm all be. for
1: that, and I'm super excited. And that also includes his sons, uh, Dean and. What's his other son's name? Sean. I don't remember. Um uh but his sons actually uh help him with the scoring too. Um I think it was I think it was Dean who wrote Thrawn's theme song, not Kevin. Um, but like I'm super excited about the Kinders being back because they they should be, nobody else but them should be doing this because they earned it and I'm so happy for them to get a live action Star Wars. Hmm. Um.
2: There's going to be good dogfights in this. Good live-action yeah. dogfights, because we got Hera. I, one of the greatest pilots of all time, so there's going to be some dogfighting.
1: Oh, put some respect in that. The first woman ever to fly a B-Wing, Hera Syndulla. Hera, yeah. space uh, mom uh, queen uh. of the galaxy, General Syndulla.
2: So there'll be some, some fancy dogfighting. Um, some- I get to bring back my favorite, yeah, favorite part of all. My favorite section of J-Guys and Jedi. It's time to dunk on Thrawn.
1: Ah! So did you see? Um, in the in the trailer, they they had a specialty tea uh, celebration trailer, and and um. I've Lars- already
2: started dunking on Thrawn.
1: He, somebody had a picture of the Celebration trailer and what Thrawn looked like in it. Because you actually got to see his face, and I hate that it looks like Elon Musk. Oh, no. Did you see that?
2: That's you about, that's it. about right, though. All reputation and no, and no results.
1: It, it's just how, like, the picture was captured, and he just happens to look like a blue Elon Musk. And I was like, oh, no, Thrawn, no, <laughs> no, no. <laughs> But I'm very excited about like Lars Mickelson being back, because um, I he was doing like an interview on like the stage and he was just talking normally and he just sounds like Thrawn and I was just like yay. Hi, candy What do you think of Thrawn?
2: I already st- I already started ripping on him. I uh I noticed Scott Gardner put up a post with a you know Thrawn returns and he's like this guy again and I'm like yeah I know. <laughs>
1: that was the Right. He's that's like they towards the big bad. And then of course they dropped the big like yeah, the bi- Empire the, thing. The, the
2: big bad. That's the that's the thing, is he's he's of the same opinion of me as, as Thrawn is like, what's he ever done to be a big bad? It, it's just a character that people like. He's all reputation. I'm, well, I'm, all, dropped, I'm all here they to dropped watch him. the
1: words though Chris he's the heir to the Empire They I said know, it in the
2: trailer. I know and guess what happened to the Empire they lost the, he's here to he's here to bumble <laughs> See, at least he'll, at least he'll be higher up so like I mean he should have been fired so many times I,
1: the thing that gives me like some good feels about this is Filoni said on stage that they are actually they actually worked closely with Tim which was interesting to okay. me because when they did Rebels, they did not consult Timothy Zahn, um, and they just did their own thing. But Timothy Zahn has been doing some like crazy shit with the Chiss in his books, and well, that makes me really excited because maybe that the big bads of this isn't the Empire. Maybe the big bads of the show is the Chiss.
2: <laughs> well, they have to. They they have an opportunity to 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 make throw on a character that I don't want to dunk on in this, but like Thrawn's got to draw some blood. Thrawn's got to like literally or figuratively, th- Thrawn's got to do something sometime in his career in on screen that goes, oh, shit. <laughs> I, I <laughs> that guy is, see. that guy is a threat. And what he does now is he comes in, launches his trap and then everybody gets away. And that's what you he's know, been doing in every, fa- from the Timothys, from the original, you know, through the original Timothy Zahn books and Rebels. I cannot speak on the other Throne, the, the Disney Throne books, but.
1: You know what the stupid thing that I actually really want to happen that's not going to happen because it's too fanfictiony.
2: What? I want...
1: <laughs> I want Ezra and Thrawn to have bonded on their space whale adventures and now like Thrawn is actually somewhat redeemed and he's helping them stop the chess.
2: I actually I actually don't even think of that as a uh as much of a fan fiction and then, like, thing a, and then, like, I think I of that like, I think know. of that as something that could actually that could have like like if you did a series of Thru- like if they were like Wherever they were, wherever they were set down, it was a bad situation and they had to, you know, work together like. My
1: friend Gabby wrote the best fan fiction um, and it's called Last Known Trajectory and she also illustrated it all herself. And it's really good because like the first half is like them in a like survivor setting. Like it's just them on on a crash, desolate world learning how to survive together and talking. And then they go back to the Chis Ascendancy. It was great. And then Eli and Ezra fell in love, and then it got really gay, which was also great. So yeah, it was a good thing. (laughs) But yeah, like if they're trapped together, then they should, you know, talk. (laughs) But I I just, I I won't. I don't trust Baloney that much to write a good throne. But I just got I got a little hopeful because they're like, yeah, we've been talking with Timothy Zahn. And I was like, oh, really? I'm like, last time when everybody got pissed. And I, you know what I think part of that was? There was for about two years now, two, two three years now, there's been a movement on Twitter a very, that's been not like big, but just kind of constant and there. And it's been the no Thrawn without Zahn hashtag. And people have been talking about it for about two years, and I think someone at Lucasfilm was just like, "Oh, we should probably uh, tell Dave."
2: Good luck with that. Uh.
1: Yeah, because they do watch. Um, they've they've said it all week and long. They're like, "We see your stuff on Twitter. Like, we we watch, we listen. Like, we're we're not ignoring fans." Um,
2: which was no, nice. I just yeah, wish they could say more. They much. can't do whatever you know. There's too many fans. They that you. Like they're in a, it's a good and a bad position for them because whatever they do, somebody suggested it, but they're always good. You know, they're never going to be able to do everything everybody Mm -hmm. wants, but everything they do do is, is like something that somebody wants. Yeah. I mean, I've gotten lots of stuff that I've wanted that nobody else wanted that I was like, (laughs) you know. (laughs)
1: Give Pickle me a slice penguin. of life, Star Wars, please. I actually want to do more. I actually want to do some Star Wars what ifs. That's that's what I want. But they're not doing that anytime soon. But the uh, another cool thing about the Ahsoka trailer is the return of Professor Hugh Yang, voiced by David Tennant.
2: Oh right.
1: Do you remember him? Yes. He was the best droid in the kids arc.
2: He was he yeah that's right he was the kids wasn't he like the one that, like took them to get their lights he was like mm-hmm. part of the crew that took them to get their lightsaber
1: yeah and he was uh, he was the droid that was with them and like uh, he helped fight the flat pirates and he had kind of like the Ollivander scene of him going through all the lightsaber bits and bobbins
2: yes yes, to pull yes for yes. them
1: so which he's very interesting because I've I've always wondered where he was because that droid is like thousands of years old like he is from the old republic he tr- got yoda's lightsaber for him um when yoda was a child and so like when they destroyed when the empire destroyed everything i was like man if they could save Hugh yang that is a character that has so much history stored in him he needs to go to ray and luke asap because <laughs> uh,
2: that might be why they brought him that would that would make sense.
1: Yeah, so I'm I'm very excited about that. And even though like I wasn't expecting it, like once I saw her, I was like, oh, that makes sense. Mon Mothma? Sure. Good, good for Genevieve O'Reilly. But do you wanna know a cool thing about that Mon Mothma shot? What? So you know how she's standing with a bunch of other people, right? Yes. The guy to the right of her some super sleuths did some digging and on getty images he's listed as senator ziono meaning that's more than likely kaz's father from resistance
2: oh okay
1: because he was a senator and we and i was just like oh my god star wars resistance is getting like a little bit of love
2: a little bit yeah
1: I will take a little bit over what we Easter have been egg. getting, which is a whole lot of fucking nothing. I will take a little bit, Chris. But, um, but yeah, I thought the Azoka trailer was fine. It was really the only big trailer, along with Indiana Jones, that came out of the weekend. Everything else was like secret secrets.
2: See, maybe you know, I could see, uh, like, when they get into the timeline, to maybe have some racing, maybe even have um, Jaeger, oh. and brother, Jaeger and his, Jaeger and his brother racing somewhere. You know, that yeah. timeline, that the 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 pre-resistance Wait. timeline is sort of coming up in some places.
1: We are in that timeline because. So um, yeah. If it's been... If it's around... Because, like, Yeager is around the Battle of Jakku. So, like, we could... Get, oh, my God! We could get some Yeager. Yeah. I would yeah, yeah. love Yeager to be a character in the Osota series.
2: Yeah. And he's... He's rebellious. He rebellion. Yeah, yeah, exactly. We could... And totally. if
1: anybody's going to do it, it's going to be Dave. Because he th- he developed that show. He yeah. wasn't in the day-to-day, but he developed it. And he created- well, that's the
2: thing is, there's no risk in introducing those characters. Because you're going to have characters like that anyway. So why not use someone in-world, you know? It's not... There aren't going to be people like, Oh, this is... You know, the people who don't care about Rebels aren't even going to be aware of it. And it's not going to make any difference to them. You know, they're, they're they'll be their characters as established from meeting them there you know so it'll I, be yeah yeah you just might as well there's nothing to lose from doing it you know unless you're like displacing like a major character let's yeah. you, let's let's not have luke here let's have major doza
0: you know this this
1: is the the place where i feel like that works because like you know in the tales of the jedi situation where dave just like ran over book characters that's different because they weren't his characters resistance his characters Um, and like I said, even though he wasn't in the day-to-day, like, he was, uh, he he created the show, like, he was, and he was the executive producer for it, so, like, he was still there and around, and he knows them and helped develop it. So, like, yeah, like, this is a different situation than, like, the Tells of Jedi situation, and you're right, like, there's, we are in the Resistance timeline, and I didn't even consider the possibility. Um, I do think they would be staying, like, very Rebels-focused, like, they're gonna stay with the Ghost crew. But I don't see why they wouldn't have other characters show up. That would be fun. I I kind of want a racing scene of, like, Yeager and Marcus. Marcus is Yeager's brother. Marcus Jetster. Jetstar. Jetster. So. But I I thought the second trailer looked pretty banging. And everything from Celebration looked like a lot of fun. It's in Japan next year, Chris. Or uh, two years.
2: Oh well you should be you should have to be sent there, that's that's what I'm saying.
1: I am manifesting it. We've actually already started talking about it for for light and dice. We are manifesting it. And I've decided that I'm going to work to go to Japan because it's always been my bucket list place and why not go with a bunch of my friends and while I'm still in my thirties and I was like, you know what? I'm not getting any younger. If it's my bucket list place, I'm gonna make it happen. So
2: now, are you thinking of just go buying a plane ticket and going over there to, to do it what do you mean uh, or do you think like well I'm I'm like wondering is your job possibly do they send correspondence out I'm guessing not uh, probably
1: I, I I don't know it's still so early uh, yeah. I've only been with the company a month <laughs> a
2: but month I was gonna that. say I was gonna say like I I, I had a friend who had a band that used to play in Japan, and they said it was surprisingly, like, if you planned it out right, it was surprisingly cheap to fly over to Japan and to stay there. Like some some of the micro micro hotels, if you can, if you if you're not bothered by like sleeping in that little you know hole in the wall, are super cheap. I
1: I would probably um, gosh. This is it's still two years out, but like I've already been talking like with the waffles a little bit. Like zoo and Candace are wanting uh, to go as well, so um, I, I don't I've, know. I've seen I all these videos already, of people I've
2: staying seen, at those micro hotels, and they're so cool. I mean, they, they some of them are, are kind of cheesy. Be if yeah, if you're claustrophobic, it's it's bad. At least like some of them have like TVs in there. They'll they'll have the mirrored wall, so it makes it feel bigger or whatever you know but like mm-hmm. i i i i don't get claustrophobic as a matter of fact i will like i could sleep in a in a coffin you know probably not in a coffin but you know i could see i could sleep in a little bunk like that no problem and like they had one that had all the food was like automated and, and but like there was also like you went out and there were baskets of fruit like yeah and the food was part of it and you could you know, go get some boiling water and make some ramen noodle. It was just very cool.
0: <laughs> yeah.
2: Some of them were, like, all space age in a super weird way. It just, it just seemed, like, super, super fun. Where is it uh, in, like, Tokyo?
1: Um, it's, yeah, it's actually on the other side of Tokyo Bay. It's in a city called Chiba, but it's, like, if you have Tokyo, it's on the other side of the bay um, oh. in Chiba. So it's essentially Tokyo. Um, but I've already, like, Googled, like, where the closest Pokemon centers are, so I can go and buy a shit ton of Pokemon stuff, too. <laughs> <laughs> like, I've already been thinking about it. i thinking of it I'm like, alright, here's the Zelda stuff I need to find. Here's the Danganronpa stuff I need to get. Karkar, oh my- Sakura stuff. I'm gonna be a total weeaboo. I'm gonna go all out. Also, so much Pokemon stuff. And then I'm gonna go to Celebration. So, I'm manifesting it. I'm going to Celebration in 2025 in Japan, so. Yee! Do it. Yep. Yeah, so um, my best list. I'm gonna do it. But I, I, you know, I, I think that's a good covering of my my celebration thoughts. I don't have any strong feelings about shit.
2: Do you? Not really. Not really. I, everything I saw, I liked.
1: Yeah, I, I liked everything too, and I'm intrigued about some of the stuff they've already talked about. Uh, honestly, coming out of all this, the stuff that got me the most hype is probably Visions. That trailer was fucking banging.
2: Yeah, yeah, the visions was the most exciting, but it should be. Yeah, because I mean, they're all shorts, so they're all packed, and they're and they're you know they're they're packed with visual goodness. So and and it was like this clash of styles. So it was, it couldn't go like when you're cutting a preview like that. Every five seconds, you're in like a completely different world. It's it's very exciting to watch. Mm-hmm. The, actually, on the first blush of it, with the guy walking down the hall with his lightsaber on, I'm like, this looks like just like Clone Wars 3D animation. And then when he started scraping the lightsaber on the floor, and it wasn't making any mark, but it was just a stylized. It's like sparks. a paintbrush. Yeah. It's a, yeah, it's stylized the, the sparks, sparks coming off. And I'm like, okay. So, the, okay. No, it's. And then I started noticing, ooh, everybody's moving very fluidly in it and stuff. And then you just start getting bombarded with all the other stuff, which, yeah, it just, it was, it was very exciting. It's very exciting to watch.
1: I am. Um, yeah. So, but yeah. So everybody, thank you for going along with our impromptu celebration chat. We're tired. It's been a long week. <laughs> and we need to talk about this, but we will be definitely coming back to your and or, your Andor coverage as our a- Andor. What? Our
2: Andor. It's theirs and ours.
1: It's all of like ours. A-R's. It's all doors.
2: <laughs> it sounds like a, a box store or something.
1: For doors, all, all doors.
2: doors. Oh, yeah, even better, a door store.
1: All doors, your doors, and doors, all the
2: doors. <laughs> I know. I there used to be there used to be a department store called Caldors. Oh. I think it was can, a Canadian chain, Caldors.
1: Caldors. Is
2: there a cat door, Carmela? <clears throat> <clears throat> oh my God! So I found all these old videos of my old TV show that I did,
0: mm-hmm.
2: and uh, one of the greatest things I've forgotten I'd ever done it and it's it's a late late cat there was this cat named gringo that my friend used to work at a store and he was a street cat but he lived at this one like grocery store he would oh, so it was like a,
1: a bodega cat
2: he would he would hang out there he didn't stay in the store overnight or anything but he always came to the store and just would sort of hang out and they were feeding him and stuff and they had a litter box for him and then they closed down so my friend Mark adopted him, but basically he was a free Roman cat. He would uh, Mark would leave the window open on the second floor. The cat would go out his window onto the roof under a tree and then be gone for two or three days or a week and, and then come back in the window and, and was this long haired orange and white, mostly orange with white, you know, around the neck cat with a really scraggly rawr, rawr and was he was grumpy but like you know I I I lived in like three different houses with gringo so gringo is you know as much as he could be anybody's buddy he was he was my buddy so he would sit in my lap and he was really scrawny and stuff so when he sat in your lap it was like a pile of sticks with fur stuck to him you know long fur stuck to him and you'd pet him and he would purr a little bit and and lean into it and then be like yeah and like claw you and take off but i found a video of gringo in my room and 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 like you could touch his tail and get him to go ow so i was basically just petting him and and filming him going between happy gringo and clawing gringo and then back to like okay i'll let you pet me But at the same time, I was play kept starting and stopping the Benny. The every time we go, and I let it play one time through, then stop it. He go, and it would start again. For some reason, well, just seeing poor, you know, he got old and he eventually had to be put to sleep. But he got real. he lived to a ripe, ripe old crusty age. But, like, just seeing him again and seeing the stupid, goofy video of him, I mean, it's really, it's really, uh, it's, it's, it's stupid. It shouldn't be funny, but for me, it just, and it just, and I, apparently for other people who saw it on the show, thought it was really funny. Yeah, because you've been putting
1: that up on your YouTube,
2: right? I put up like 25 of them so far, and I've probably got about 50 or 60 more.
1: And this was a public service access show you used to
2: Pu- public do public 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 access yes
1: yeah
2: and uh we were the heroes of local public i i like you know how you, you know how p- shows usually do a season or whatever it was like it was like us basically we did a we had an hour-long slot the show was a half hour So every week was a brand new show, just 52 weeks a year. We just, just, we didn't do seasons or anything or take breaks. We just kept doing shows and, and the first show would be the new show. And then the second show would be a repeat of an old show. And, you know, as, as we went on in time, you know, we could vary the repeats a lot more and, uh, yeah, we got up to 114 episodes. Dang. So, over two years of just uh, a new half-hour show every week. And, uh, yeah. Some of it is really, like, you know, we were talking about I was, before the show, you know. As it was, this was pre, pre and just into the early days of YouTube, before, like, street video was a thing on YouTube... Or, uh, but like at the end of the videos, you, you start to hear people mentioning MySpace and stuff like that, you know, so it was in that time period. So we were, we were not operating under any of the like visual styles that you see on YouTube and stuff now. So it's very, we, some, some of the stuff like we anticipated that, but I don't think it was like we anticipated that. I think that stuff was just sort of in the style of people. Us older people, too, and made its way into. Into the Internet style of of videos, but it's very non Internet like. And uh, it's it, yeah, it's uh.
1: what's the name of the show in case people want to look it up?
2: It's called I'm going to make a drug with my mind. So that's probably enough words that if you put that into the YouTube. It would spit out the uh, it would spit out an episode or two and then you can. You can just click on them and uh, click on the user and find that there's a uh, playlist. The playlist will probably come up with this in the search that has all the episodes.
1: And and the your your user is something like what like pure evil for pure,
2: it's pure evil fenord f n o r d and fenord uh, fenord and those who know about the fenords know about the fenords and those who don't live in fear. Ta-da. I don't
1: know and I don't live in fear.
2: You just don't. You just don't know. You do. Okay. Okay. So I guess I gotta tell Hope the story of the Fenords for all the people. Ah, actually, all the people that know the Fenords, I'd love to hear the story. Anyway. So the story of the Fenords is. Yeah. In in, the word Fenord. For for. Some reason. Is, is, blocked by the human brain. Because it, see now that I, I got I gotta I gotta look it up. But basically, fenord. It's have you ever seen? Um, no, you haven't seen it. Never mind. <laughs> fenord is like a word that shows it, it. It shows up like you have a newspaper article, and and they'll place fenord every, in, you know, every few paragraphs, alongside of something because the word inspires, fear and and anxiety and uh but but it's only but it's it's so traumatizing that people don't see it so like you know you just it's you you ever heard of the movie they live where the guy puts on the sunglasses and he can see like underneath the billboards it says consume and and stuff like that it's like a meme oh oh you oh that's a great great john carpenter movie but yeah, the it was this was an element in the in a Robert Anton Wilson book, and so when you finally are able to see the Fenords, you can break the cycle of you know the the media subconsciously um, terrorizing you. Oh. Uh, and so you know, once you see the Fenords, you know, you can see where you can see like if they don't like a politician, they'll put a Fenord by his name, you know, in the it's- paper.
1: Urban Dictionary says it usually generally it it its used generally it references a conspiracy or parody thereof.
2: What is what, who's that defining it?
1: That was Urban Dictionary.
2: Yeah, they don't know what the hell they're talking about. Oh
1: yeah, 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 yeah. because <laughs> yeah, like there's one that's um.
2: That's see, the laziest to, to see the definition. Means
1: to be unaffected by the supposed hypnotic power of the word, or more loosely, the fighting words.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, pure evil is my username, so yeah uh, go oh. yeah go, go get the playlist i'm I'm adding it, it's it's a little process where I have to use an old computer that has a disk drive on it because I'm burning it off of DVDs. I'm converting it back into single files off a of DVD. and at the same time, I found lots of like videos of my band. I found a lot of like, movies like there's this one movie called it's a complex world that's a hilarious great indie sort of funny musical rock musical band movie satire and it was you know it was a low budget indie movie didn't didn't really go anywhere it had a, you could get it on vhs for a little while but it, you know on you know not many of them were made the, re- the reason we saw it is one of my friends just picked up the DV the VHS uh, like out of a 99 cent bin somewhere and goes like oh this sounds interesting I'm just gonna watch this at random and then he was like, this is great and made everybody else watch it and we're like how the hell have we not heard of this movie and then when we started trying to like find better copies of it or find anything about it, we couldn't find anything <laughs> you know. It's never been out on DVD and everybody who's tried to post it on like YouTube has gets it taken down. So the, the film, so somebody has some sort of copyright thing going on with it where they don't want to release it or don't want anybody to see it. Mm-hmm. But uh, ah, I took that VHS and I made it into a DVD so that they could have a copy that would last, you know, that wouldn't wear out like a VHS would and i found that and i now i know how to convert it back and i'm not going to put it up on youtube because i don't need a copyright strike on me mm-hmm. but i'll be you know I, i'm finally going to be able to watch it again i and i'll be able to like dropbox somebody a copy of it if they want to see it you know and that's that's very exciting to me because it's a really really good movie i want to do a podcast about it with the podcast i do with thomas dj DG- DJ, but it would be kind of unfair because nobody would get be able to watch it. <laughs> yeah, unless they had the VHS of it, you know. I I hundred percent doubt it's ever on cable or anything like that.
1: Well, Chris, I'm on Mosey because I see the and Yes,
2: I'm sure you do.
1: I see all the Fenards and I'm I adore you. I'm tired. I need to go to bed because I'm
2: going out of town in a few days.
1: So where can people find you, Chris? And your
2: you can find me at 2TrueFreaks.com, which is amazingly finored free. It is our website. And we've got just like Disney Plus, we are just stock loaded with content, tons and a whole trough full of content there, including the show. You can go there and uh, sign up for the RSS feeds. Or you can go to Facebook and go to the Two True Freaks podcast page where we post up all our new episodes, links to those so you can watch them, or the Two True Freaks canteen also on Facebook, where it's more of a casual hangout type forum. Or now, if you go to the show notes on this on uh on two true you will see we have a link, invitation link, inviting you personally to our Discord, our Two True Freaks Discord. Beow, beow, where- every single show has their own little section including ours that you can go you can go just talk about general two true freaks things or you can go directly to the creators and and actually i think j guys and jedi is one of the more active uh little centers there and we we've we've got we we get qu- quality conversation there unlike you would get on like your twitter or your your face I'm
1: like. just excited to see everyone like gelling, you know, just like oh, it's all for our friends from different. Yeah, sections. yeah, that's
2: that's the funny. It's like yeah, yeah, and it, it it encourages, yes, it encourages the mixing of, the crossing of the streams. Which yeah, is, like I see like pretty, like Brian
1: and Gene and Bucho yeah. and Charles yeah. all yeah. talking together, and I'm just like, look at them all.
2: Yeah, it's that's here. how you form alliances that change the world.
1: Yeah, we're
2: gonna take over. And uh speaking I don't know of what places, we're taking
1: over, but we're gonna take over. <laughs>
2: places to go to form Alliances that change the world. And the opposite of that you can find Two True Freaks also on Twitter. The cesspool that is called Twitter. But there is one brave tidy bowl man in his hazmat suit, gas mask on, um caliprod in one hand, and the um, uh, beacon light of truth in the other hand and that is Gene. Gene, the beacon light machine
1: oh, I was yawning sorry
2: always a, cha- always a challenge um, <laughs> I'm sorry our I was tw- yawning <laughs> <He> <laughs> <runs our Twitter. laughs> but anyway that's where you can find me where can they find you uh, Hope Miss Yanni
1: uh, you can find me on twitter <laughs> as master, as still master
2: around. flutes
1: uh, with canned foods
2: Oh, no, yanni master of the pan flute oh <laughs> oh wait I don't know if yanni no yanni plays something else I'm thinking I, of Zamfir, master of the pan <laughs> flutes no, I thought you said on twitter I'm with the food. canned
1: foods yeah.
2: yes hope is giving uh, out canned foods on twitter
1: yeah sure we'll go with that um, at J Guys and Jedi and at Hope Molyneux, I write for uh, The Geeky Waffle and um, Dwarf Side of the Force and Wealth of Geeks. So you can find my stuff under the Star Wars section on Wealth of Geeks. And I am on, what else do I do? For Light and Dice, where I hang out with Charles a lot and other really cool people. But Charles is the coolest because he's here you listening could, to you the
2: You could show. say he's in charge. No, <laughs> I got
1: it too late. I got it. I got well, now, it now
2: that I'm thinking about it, I just do not want to also compare Charles to Scott Bayo either. So, yeah. No. no. Sorry, Charlie. I'll <laughs> I'll uh, I'll now compare you to a tuna commercial.
1: But um. <laughs>
2: It's too young uh, yeah, we do
1: for Light and Dice over there, um, and it's a tabletop role-playing game um, set in Star Wars, and we're about to start another, another new story arc, so it's a good time to jump in, and we're about to get into all of our characters' backstories. Ooh. So, yeah, um, anyway, that's. we'll come back to Andor, or possibly... Two, two I'm about to go to two two on beacon and I'm doing two panels. I know for a fact I'm recording one of them. I might be recording two of them. Um we'll figure out. We might have Vandor next week. We might have panels next week. We might have something next week. We'll, see, we'll Just come
2: back we'll to Find it. out. Have, we'll find play. out. We're finding out with you. So Yeah.
1: Next week is <laughs> we'll either. We'll find out a little be,
2: ahead of you, but we haven't found out yet.
1: Yeah, next week is either gonna be the axe return, the axe forget, the axe returns. <laughs> The Axe Forgets from Andor or 221VCon panels. So we'll see. I don't know. But I just know I'm sleepy and I'm like leaning over my microphone really close to it. So I'm going to go. I think
2: it's The Axe Remembers and not The Axe Returns. The Axe Returns is a slasher movie.
1: Yeah, it is the The Axe Forgets
2: yeah that's uh, the tree remembers the tree that's remembers
1: I, I know that because i I got I did I did that little bit of the podcast outline last night talking about how <laughs> it is a Zimbabwe saying yes. proverb of so, a a Zimbabwean uh, ah. Zimbabwean. Zimbabwe in there we go. I couldn't say it Zimbabwean um proverb that's more specifically from the Shona tribe.
2: So it, it, I did
1: that it, much of
2: the outline. It reminds me of one of my high school friends. We we're dri- He was driving me somewhere and we were in his car. It was one of the first times I met him. And uh, like we were driving down the road and we went by someone's house and there was someone s- sitting out on the front porch. And he's like, that guy sprayed me in the face when I was like four years old with a hose. <laughs> he goes, he doesn't remember it. I'm never going to forget
0: it.
1: <laughs> 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 but thanks, you guys, for this impromptu show. I really needed it. I, I came to Chris at like 3 in the and I was like, I can't. <laughs> I have too much on my plate. So, um, and give us a chance to talk about Star Wars. We are starting to say that we talk about something Star Wars, and this is something Star Wars.
2: So, we got, what- we got a lot of Star Wars in tonight.
1: You know, what? and and you're right. Like Andor is really heavy. It's it's a lot of a. It's a very heavy show. So it's nice to have like a little Andor break. Like maybe like in the back half, we'll just have another like.
2: Well, shit, it's shit, funny. Shit Every episode. time I sit down to watch an episode and take notes, I'm like, okay, I'm kind of like like stalling on it because I'm like, okay, this is going to be a lot of work because I'm going to really be mm-hmm. like. And then I start watching it, and I'm like, "Wee! <laughs> I
1: well, love the show." <laughs> I, I love it too, but it, like, it is a lot of work. Like, it's I'm a, I'm essentially writing like I usually. Once I I'm watching
2: do- it, I'm sucked into it, and I just get sucked into it, even when I'm taking notes and stuff. So, but it's just like I'm but back think, to where it's but taking but me thinking like about space. it, it seems more ponderous than it is. You know, it's going to be a more ponderous experience, and it never is.
1: Like, I'm, I'm back up to where it's taking me, like, three to four hours to do my outlines again, and I'm just like, ugh!
2: <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, just what we were trying to avoid.
1: Yep, yep, and it just wasn't working, so, uh, yeah. Um, maybe, maybe in the back half we'll have, like, another, like, chill, chill thing, so we'll see. Anyway, guys, find out what we're doing next week. We don't even know.
2: Goodbye! Nope.
1: Bye-bye! Bye! Mm-hmm.
0: Roger, roger.